Matthew 9, 14 through 17. And we're going to wrestle some stuff out today. Hey, yo. We're going to have Nine. 14. Perfect. Let me find it. Okay. One verse. Yep. <laughs> All right. One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? And Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom mm -hmm. is taken away 14. from them, and then they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth to an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither is new wine put into old wine skin. If it is the wine the skin burst and the wine is filled and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is in, but new wine is put into fresh wine skins. And so both water preserved. Awesome. Thank you. So I love it. And every time I get a talk, we're talking about parables. It's funny. I was talking with one of my friends and I was talking about how um, I was preaching on a parable. And she's like, isn't it funny how God talks to you in pictures and then he would give you he would give you an opportunity to talk about parables. So I was like, huh, that's, that's really true. That's awesome. So I love it. Parables are really fun. Um, so let's start by talking about fasting because it's kind of um could i say taboo thing in our culture is that it un like an uneducated thing that people don't yeah. really know about because we yeah. don't talk about it we don't really talk about it we don't really talk about it in the church mm -hmm. um so yeah so sorry i'm like trying to find my place here okay so what is fasting Fasting is not doing something for a certain time. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's not eating food for like maybe a week or a day or three days. Yeah. And why, why would we fast as Christians? We would fast to um, just help to align our spirit with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, prayer and fasting are kind of, they go together. You really wouldn't fast without praying unless you, unless you were not doing it. Unless you are just doing it for like health reasons or something, right? In the Christian belief, prayer and fasting, there. you can't pull them apart. They're together. So, um, we use prayer and fasting as a way to focus on God. We get rid of something that would take up time and spend that time with God. Or the hunger to the hunger will remind us to pray. Or the hunger will remind us that we need God. So we the um, the feeling of the thing missing leads us back to God too. Um, and there's a couple different kinds of um, fasting, there's regular fasting, which is like no food for a set time. 
And there's total fasting. And Jesus did that like his 40 days in the wilderness. He drank water. He just didn't eat food, right? And then there's total fasting, and that's not drinking anything or eating anything. And um, when Esther was going to go to the king, she did that for three days. And then she went to um, speak to him and was like, if I die, I die kind of deal. Um, and then there's a partial fast, which Daniel did. He would have no choice food. He would only have, like, fruits and vegetables, I think. Nuts. Nuts. Yeah. So there's those kinds of things. Um, and then there's specific fasting, like we could fast from social media, or we could fast for, like, Lent kind of deal. Sugar, maybe we're going to do a sugar fast. Or um, There's in First Corinthians, um, Paul talks about a sexual fast, like you would be apart from your... Um, your significant other or your husband or wife and then you would come back together so it's just a time to focus um can i uh add more to that one absolutely is that the fast that paul is talking about in that context is this idea that when you are married your body is not of your own so the separation of the sexual separation and the fasting or abstaining of that with your spouse the, there is a established like timeline that you are separating to fast and to pray, but that you would return back together again in the context that you become one. And it's this intentional separation, but also an intentional coming back together again. Yeah. Awesome. And when, when would we pray? Or when would we fast? Anybody have any insight on that? When we're, like, if we have some sort of decision to make and we're trying to focus solely on hearing from God. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Or when you're trying, or if you're fasting for health reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, I've experienced fasting when, as I, I was at a church when I first became a Christian, where the lead pastor had cancer, and uh, they asked the entire church to fast and do a Daniel fast and give that time to pray for a miraculous healing in our lead pastor. And I think what, that was my first real experience fasting, but what was jarring was that he still passed away. And as a newer Christian, I had to wrestle with that because I really struggled with this idea that, wait a second, thousands of us fasted and we prayed and we believed and he still died. Mm. So even in the midst of that, the reconciling of that fast isn't a, fasting isn't this like miraculous, it it isn't like this magical answer, but it is the discipline of doing it and the power of doing it in a church gathering. Yeah. I think if you chose to fast as like somehow you're going to sway God, then you're doing it for the very wrong reason. You would fast because you would be led by the spirit Mm -hmm. to fast, right? Um, So another, there's a few different things. So the direction, like um, Jenna said, or if you're, um, if you haven't received an answer, like you've been praying for something for a while, um, and we can also fast and pray for deliverance from bondage. So, 
you know, how Paul says, I, I do the things I don't want to do, you know, it's a sin he's just trapped in. And we all have those things, right? So um, that's another time when we would pray and fast. And then you could also do it on the behalf of another, right? You could pray for the oppression of someone else or the like spiritual burden of someone else. Um, so I, on gave me this really great question. She's like, why, why did the John's disciples ask Jesus about fasting? And I was like, I had to think about that one for a while. That was, that wasn't, didn't seem, oh yeah, like super easy. So before we had read in Matthew 6 about Jesus, um, and I'll read it to you. Jesus was preaching about fasting um, in the Beatitude. And he says, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their face to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen, and your Father, who sees what you what is done in secret, will reward you. So, and then in this section of the Beatitude, it's kind of, he's talking about three different religious practices that everyone would have done. So, alms, giving, giving to the needy, prayer, and fasting. And so, um, if this is what Jesus is teaching all the people about fasting, he's obviously taught this to his disciples. And prayer and almsgiving are kind of something you see, right? They, you, you would see someone praying, and you would see someone, for the most part, giving alms. But if they were taught fast like this, you would not see them fast. Does that make sense? So that was, could, that was the answer I could come up with, is that John the Baptist's disciples are still in this in this old covenant, in this old law. They're still following what the Pharisees are following. And they can, they can see a glimpse of what Jesus is bringing, right? Because John is obviously paving the way for Jesus to come. But they're still in the old way. And they don't quite grasp the new way that Jesus is bringing. And so they're, they're pretty much just asking Jesus, like, why aren't you following the rules, right? And then Jesus' answer is this. He's, he's just answer is um, that his disciples don't need to seek his face because he's there all the time. They don't need to inquire of the Lord because they can just inquire of Jesus. Right? It says, how can the guests of the bridegroom be born <coughs> while he's with them? And the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them and then they will fast. So then they can seek, then they would seek the counsel of the Holy Spirit. But they don't even, uh, John's disciples don't really even totally fathom the Holy Spirit either. Like, the depth of what that is. Um, alright. Does anyone have any questions? We're good? Okay. Um, so I think in fasting... If we are led by the Spirit for to fast for a purpose, then we should then we have we can have the expectation that what we are fasting and praying for will be answered, right? If He is leading us, then we are praying and we are um, we are following the will of God, and He says whatever we pray in His will that He will answer. 
Not that he's going to answer the way I want, but he's going to answer, right? Um, all right. So another reason that we would, of uh, why we would fast is to subdue the, the flesh. And I have a couple of different verses I'll read to you. So it's Matthew 26, 41, which reads, um, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So it's um, like taking hold of the body, right? Like controlling the body. And then if you really want to dig deep into fasting, like you're really curious about it or God's calling you to study about it in Isaiah, um, Isaiah 58. is called true fasting and i'm just going to um point out two of the parts of 58 but um we would also fast to bring revelation so isaiah 58 8 says then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the lord your rear guard so this whole thing is about the kind of fasting that god wants from us and then we would also fast, a while we would fast, is for deliverance, like I said before, of oppression or of unbelief. And that is 58.6. And it says, um, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? So, okay. Yeah. If I could say the big idea about fasting is being led by the Lord. And we're just seeking his face. We're seeking his voice in our life okay. and in the decisions and things that we're doing. And then so God, um, then Jesus goes on and he gives the parable. And the parable, like, I don't know about you guys, but doesn't the parable kind of, like, not make sense at first? Like, you're like, okay, let's... Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> What's that mean? Cool. I don't sew. So. Cool. So, how's that have to do with the fasting and bridegrooms and stuff? I, think, I, I get the like the old garment patch. Like when you read it, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I get that. But like, I guess I get the second one. But they're both like <laughs> these seem so unrelated to me. Totally, <laughs> and they don't seem super clear. Like you're like, no. how does? The first two I get the verses? bridegroom thing, like right. how that relates, but I'm like, I gotta use my brain too much for these other ones. Yeah, the, these parables, this one's a tricky parable. I, I'm, it's, it's kind of a meaty one. So, let's talk about parables for a second. So, we're on to what one went on parables. Who wants to tell us what a parable is? story used to present a point without directly addressing the issue at hand. So it's like a story that relates to the question without necessarily directly answering the question. Right. It's more of a story than just an answer. The metaphor in story form. Yeah. Parables have this really cool ability to mean exactly what it means, but then like several layers deeper. Like you can take it as like, alright cool wineskin, alright cool shrunken cloth, I get that. And it's like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. You definitely need more. 
This 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 onion is deep. This onion has so many layers. <laughs> right. So it's a simple story that illustrates the truth, right? A truth that we're trying to grasp. Maybe a deeper meaning of a truth. Um, so Jesus gives us in Matthew 13 why he uses parables. And I'll read that to you. It's Matthew 13, 11. It says here, um, the disciples, I'll start 10. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, the knowledge of the secret of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has been given more, he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them, I fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing and never understanding. You will be ever seeing and never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because you see, and your eyes because you hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. I don't know about you guys, but that's kind of a hallelujah. Like, it's not amazing. These are like things that have been hidden for a long time. And in our, in our time, we can inquire of the Lord and learn all these things. Like, these things were hidden for so many people for so long. Like, what a, what a gift, what an opportunity to get to understand what Jesus' parables mean. Okay. And then, when did he use parables? Um, all the time. All the time. So, this parable is actually in all three Gospels, so it's meaningful, right? Yes. You listen! <laughs> <laughs> and I read all three of them. No. Okay. So, um, what Jesus is really talking about. So, they're asking Jesus, why don't you follow the rules? And Jesus was like, dude, you don't get it. We're not talking about rules, guys. He doesn't say it like that. So, but this is really what he's saying. He's saying... I'm talking about this new thing. I'm not talking mm -hmm. about your old way. I want you to turn your face and go in a new direction, right? He talks about, he's talking about him going away and them needing to seek his face. And then he's talking about the Holy Spirit, which they can't quite fathom because they have not experienced him. Not only the Holy Spirit, but the new, the new man and the kingdom and all those things that he's preached the whole time. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is coming. And then um, there's other places in the Bible, and I'll read some of those, where he's talking about the new man. Once you accept Jesus, you are new, a new creation, and the old has gone away. So that's really what he's talking about um, when he's talking about this, the sewing and the, um, the wineskins. So I brought some really a good illustration today. We're having like show and tell day. Just to give a good illustration, we have a couple of them. <laughs> okay. So I have this brand new pair of pants, still got the tags on it, and I have these Levi's from the 70s that were my dad's that I... Nice. That rip girl, the girl oh, sassy. Dude, this is <laughs> serious money. I know, these are my dad's from the... Anyway, the point is, and if I read to you, um, if I read to you in Luke, because it adds just a little bit more that Matthew doesn't add, because he's Luke the doctor, right? 
In Luke, he says, no one tears a patch from a new garment while he is with, or from the new garment and sews it on the old one. If he does, he will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match. And so, right, if I rip this up, rip these with like, rip them and then put it on here would be ridiculous, right? And then as this shrinks. Oh my gosh, I totally didn't even think of that. <laughs> like, like where I, are you getting the new patch from? Totally. You would like <laughs> tell me about this new patch. Like then these are ruined, ruined right? Mm -hmm. And then you would put them on this, and then it would shrink, and then this would be ruined even more. So that's a really great, you know what I mean? And what he's talking about is you can't have your old religion and your new religion. They're different. Right? They can't, you can't take pieces back and forth and like try to make them one. It's not like that. Um, and he's also speaking. And I actually got these ones at second chance for a quarter. <laughs> Had to throw that in there. <laughs> and they fit awesome. So, anyway. So. <laughs> They're just right. <laughs> I want I the new way. Like, I want 25 cents new want pants. 25. Wait, wait, that's a whole nother, like, like deep. It's, free. That's a, it's whole, a parable. It's a whole nother parable about God's economy and our economy. Let me just go 25 there. cents. Right? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, they don't get it. He's speaking about the new kingdom. He's speaking about new life. Um, so, what's the next one? It's the next one in the picture. Oh, yeah. go back. Go to the next picture. Okay. I didn't know which order. Here's, here's another one. So <laughs> I, I didn't quite understand the wine thing, but this makes a lot of sense. So say this is your house and you live in that house. It doesn't have any running water. You have to use, well, obviously it's decrap. De you know, this is a million dollar down. house in Bellingham. I know. It's <laughs> falling down. This is you, awesome house. I love it. I love it. You have to use candles in there. There's, uh, you know, the floor. There's no floor. It's dirt, right? This is the house you live in. This is the religion that you had before. This is your idea of what God was before. Now, Jesus is like, but let me tell you about this house I am building for you. Let me tell you about this kingdom that I want to put you in. It has light switches. It has running water. It is warm all the time. It is dry all the time. He's like, you live in this house and you can only understand this house. I want to tell you about this house. And then a, a great analogy on this one is like, what if you took the door off this house and you put it on the other house? Well, in their time, they don't go, like if you took a door off, you wouldn't just go to Home Depot to buy a new door. You'd have to like make a door. Like it's a process. So we had run, ruined something of this house and it would not match the other house. So... What I believe he's really trying to get them to see is this kingdom he's talking about, this newness he's bringing, the Holy Spirit who's coming. Like, he wants them to, like, have this forward thinking. They're, like, so stuck in their little religious box that they can't see the glory of what he is trying to bring to them. That's good. Right? And I really think that, you know... I don't think they were trying to trap him. I just think they were confused because they just did not know what he was at, what he was bringing and what he's talking about, right? And he answers that question 
with something that is really um, important for us. That, um, well, one, he answers a question for that, but they, he answers for us because then he tells us that, that we can seek and we can inquire with him. We can use fasting. And our, and the, my idea of fasting, like our culture doesn't really talk about fasting. And, and it's like a bad thing, like if you miss a meal, like heaven forbid a mom not feed her kids breakfast or something like that. And then we take that on as ourself, right? So like, like you somehow miss something in this land of abundance if you miss a meal. And um, I don't know. I just feel like it's hard to wrap your mind around it. I've only just recently started um, fasting in like maybe the last six months because I was curious I didn't know and I and it seemed kind of scary mm. and so just because we're culture right it's actually not scary so <laughs> if you want to try if you haven't done it before and you want to try it I would encourage you I think that um I think that it is really amazing God is so faithful mm. if you are in prayer and fasting and you're seeking the Lord he's going to answer you even if you're like um practicing right like when we were talking about, um, in Matthew before, when we were talking about um, the wise and the foolish builder, and Jesus said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, mm-hmm. not does them perfectly, but tr- gives it a try. Like, try these things that Jesus is talking about. Yeah. I just think that um, if there's one thing that I could speak into each of you is like he really wants to talk to you he really wants to talk to you if you if you don't hear jesus ask him he really wants to talk to you and he has some amazing things to say to each and every one of us okay so i'm going to talk about the new man and the new kingdom just a little bit um so the newness of being led by the spirit so I'm going to read Romans 7, 6. <clears throat> but now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in a new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So before they had rules and regulations, and that's how they lived their life, but we have the spirit who leads and guides us. Um, and also the new man in Jesus. Um, Second Corinthians. Who has an ESV? I do. Can you read Second Corinthians 5.17? Therefore, if anyone is is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Yeah, so to take hold of this newness that he's talking about, we have to believe that we're new. We have to believe that being in Jesus, we are made new. And then we can we can receive that newness and grow in that newness and pursue that um, being conformed to the likeness of Jesus. Okay, and then the next one I'm going to read is Ephesians 4, 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put 
um, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So this whole Ephesians is living as children of the light, is living in this newness. Um, we were all before we came to know Jesus, we're living in darkness and just, um, it's a call to continue to live in the light, to believe that you live in the light, to pursue living in the light. Um, and then there's a few more. Um, I'm going to read Galatians 6, 15. If I can find it. I think I needed my, like, eh. I'll read Colossians 3.10 because I can't find oh, Galatians. Can't, can't okay, you find it. 615. 6.15. 6.15 is 14. I think we'll be right after. There we go. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Ready to keep going? No, that's right. So the new creation. So in that part, he's talking about like people aren't, there's not above and below. There's not this hierarchy of like you're, you're part of God's thing, God's um, family and you're not, or you're a slave and you're not, or you're a man and you're a woman. Everybody, there's this, there's this flat playing field as a new creation that um, wasn't, that wasn't um, known before, wasn't realized. And still, I think we wrestle with this, like, hierarchy of people, right? Especially our culture. All cultures have this hierarchy of people. But in God's kingdom, in God's culture, there is no hierarchy of people. The new creation, we are all the same. Mm -hmm. Brothers and sisters. Right. Um, and then this newness that he's talking about in the parables is also the kingdom of God. So I'm going to read you a couple of pieces from Luke. So Luke 17, 20. Um, Once having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replies, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation. Nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom is God, of God is within you. So the kingdom of God is not, it will someday be a place, but the, the part of the kingdom of God that we know now is in our hearts. The ruling of Jesus, he obviously rules our world, but he rules in our hearts. And that's where we, um, that's where we start, right? And this is the newness that he wants um, that G that Jesus would rule in our hearts. And then also his provision. I'm going to read Luke 9, verse 2. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, shake off the dust of your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. 
I guess that part didn't matter, but, um, <laughs> but he provides for them, right? If he calls you to do something, even though it might sound completely crazy, he's always going to provide. Like, he's always inviting us to do things to learn to trust him. He's always making us take a step off the map a little bit, you know? Will you follow me here where you can't see where you're going? Will you follow me there where you can't see where you're going? Um, and then one part that we already have studied before is Matthew 6, 33. Um, which reads, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble as its own. Mm -hmm. That's also like his provision, right? He's... He's asking us to step off the mat. Your brand, brand new car. Brand new car. <laughs> <laughs> your car. Yeah. <laughs> They're not even the same car. <laughs> Where's that bumper fall from? Don't, don't even worry about it's it. Blue. Why blue? <laughs> <laughs> it's new. It's better. It's new. <laughs> Look at my new bumper. I got a new bumper, guys. So no big deal. <laughs> so I'm going to read you one more piece that I didn't get to, and it's um, the new covenant <clears throat> that we have with Jesus. And Jeremiah speaks about, he prophesies about it before Jesus even comes. And um, so the old covenant, right, was the one that Moses was given, and Jesus is our new covenant. And it says, the time is coming, declares the Lord, this is Jeremiah 31, 31, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother say, Know the Lord, because he will, or they will all know me. From the least to them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. This is what the Lord said. He who appoints the sun to shine by day, who decrees the moon and stars to shine by night, who stirs up the seas so that the waves roar, the Lord Almighty is his name. Only if these decrees vanish from my sight, declares the Lord, will the descendants of Israel ever cease to be a nation before me. So he's talking about the, the lordship and authority of Jesus. Anyway. That's it. That's our new covenant. That's what we have. We have his word on our heart. We have his word inside of us indwelling. We have the Holy Spirit. And um, I was, I've been a Christian for a long time. And I did not really understand the Holy Spirit for a long time. I didn't. I listened to the Holy Spirit, but I didn't really understand that I was listening to the Holy Spirit. And I didn't listen that often. You know, it's like. If I talked to Twee on the phone, I would understand it was Twee because I know her voice, right? I've talked to Twee enough that I recognize her voice. But if I'd only talked to Twee a few times, then I wouldn't know it was her. Or like, 
Nico, I know Nico's voice, you know, that kind of stuff. The more I know Tom's voice, obviously, like Tom can go, <clears throat> and I would know it was him, right? The more you know someone, the more you Tom coughs, you're like, it's Tom. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tom. Or you know how, like, if somebody walks it around in the house, you know who it is. Like, they don't even, they're just yeah. moving through the house. That kind of thing, the more you're with someone, the more you recognize them. And so I would just say, keep turning your face. Keep pursuing the new. Keep going after the kingdom, right? You will know his voice more and more. 